Let's open our Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Luke, the absolute classic teaching of Jesus concerning the Spirit of the Lord and concerning the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now the word anoint or anointed is a simple word as you know in its literal meaning I mean in, in any language it's, it's the same thing it just it just simply means to pour it means to put on or to smear on to pour on that is the reason that is the reason we're going to see it later on this morning that is the reason to anoint with oil represents the coming on of the Spirit of God. Isn't that good? Come on, isn't that good? Hallelujah. So, to anoint, I, <laughs> every time I talk about that, it always reminds me, when I was a young boy, oh my goodness, oh dear Lord, my mother thought that Vic Sav would fix anything. And, and that nasty stuff is still around. <laughs> well, it's not so bad until they stuff it up your nose. Oh, come on. Come on, Mama, don't do that. <laughs> I'll do that. I just do nearly anything. Just any symptom of a cold, I just do it just not even tell her. Cause I'm here comes that Vic Sab, man. Hear it all over my chest, up my nose. So glad I got anointed. I was Vic's anointed. Yes. Now the word doesn't say anything about pouring the anointing oil up your nose, but it does talk about <laughs> But I was anointed with Vic Sav. <laughs> Amen. Oh, glory to God. My dear mother. Oh, bless her. I miss her. Anyway, <laughs> that's really what that means. Now, take the word Christ. It saddens me that the translators of the English Bible left the word Christ untouched. And it's, it, it, it has weakened, it has weakened the Bible. Because in Hebrew, it's just simply Messiah. Well, it means the same thing. The Apostle John is the only one that took the time to interpret it 
in his writing in the gospel. And he did call Messiah. Well, but us Gentilized English speaking people, if they'd have put Messiah in there, we wouldn't have known what it meant. But it would have carried much more weight because we all as Christians know the divine importance of Messiah. Amashiach. Oh, oh, it has a it has a character to it. It has an it has an impact even when you think about it, because you know Messiah. But Christ, what is that word? What is? Christian. To christen. Huh? Come on. Help me here. Can you see that? Can, can you see what it's what it says about us? We are anointed. Now, the reason why. We first became called Christians, Christians after Christ, is because until the Apostle Paul came along, that's all anybody preached. They preached what Jesus preached here at Nazareth that day and what he preached everywhere he went. And I can prove it from the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. But then also, when Jesus appeared to him in 1950 in Rockwall, Texas, and anointed him with a special anointing to lay hands on the sick, and then Jesus talked to him for quite some time. They were in heaven. And Jesus talked to him about the ministry then for quite some time. And he said to him, he said, now you'll have to tell the people that you saw me. You'll have to tell the people that I laid my finger in the palm of your, your hands. You'll have to tell them that your hands began to burn like they had a coal of fire in them. You will have to tell people that. He said, I had to tell them this, that I am anointed. I am anointed. He said, otherwise, they won't have any faith for it. Now, of course, Jesus got into a lot of trouble, but so did Kenneth Hagin. He got to where he didn't want to tell that anymore. But then the Lord told him, he said, you're going to have to tell them for it to work. Tell them you saw me. Tell them you're anointed. And he said, more than once, I heard him say it. He said, when I begin to talk about it, my hands start burning. Now, my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, was my mentor in faith. And it would be scriptural to say, you know, the apostle Paul said, you have not many fathers. Both these men fathered something in me. Yeah. 
Now, Kenneth, I mean, Oral Roberts laid his hands on me in 1966, and the anointing of this ministry came on me at that time, and I had the, the, uh, an open vision at that time. I can see it right now. I can just see it before. And, and it, it struck me with such force, I, 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 I literally, literally, my, my eyes wide open. I was there with my mom and my dad and Gloria, and they had already laid hands on on them, and they went on. But I stayed back to watch him lay hands on the rest of the other people. Now, everybody in that line disappeared except Brother Roberts. And I could see just a little blue outline of the physical body, but I could see the inner man. I, I, I could see the, the spirit being. You've seen pictures, I'm quite sure, of Holocaust victims. Now, where I was raised in Abilene, Texas, the man that lived next door to us came back from World War II. And he was in intelligence. And those films had not been released to public because they're too horrible. But he had 16 millimeter film of that. And we went next door and watched that. Now, I, I was just... I was just a young boy, but by this time I was almost 10 years old. But man, it marked me for life. I didn't know people could look like that. And when you see the raw footage of it that had not been edited, it'll make you throw up. This is the way this struck me that morning, that, that Saturday morning in 1966. I saw the born-again spirit of these people. Emaciated. Like, like those physical bodies of those people. It hit me so hard, I began to weep and could not stop. Im me with that kind of I'm talking about the anointing here now I, I couldn't talk I, I walked out there over the, across the, the, the hall to the cafeteria where Gloria was and I, I, I could barely tell her I, I, I couldn't I couldn't talk for, for weeping just weeping Tracy just just literally uncontrollably I just wept and wept and wept and wept just, just wept and cried and just cried over what I saw Now, I didn't know what all he meant when he said this. I have called you and anointed you to do something about that. Well, I didn't know what, but whatever it was, I was ready. 
Man, I'm in this thing now. I'm, I'm, I'm after it. Glory to God. What do I need to do? He said, you, you, I knew I was supposed to be at ORU. I knew it. I knew it three years before and ran from it because I hated school. And I was so broke I couldn't pay attention. had two little children. And I, I, and I told Gloria, I said, Gloria, what are we going to do? Get up there at that school and we'll starve out. She said, Kenna, <laughs> thank you, Gloria. She said, Gloria, stand up and let the people see you. There she is over there in the corner. For that's the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> Lord, there have been times. Well, I ain't got time to get into that. <laughs> oh, glory to Jesus. And this is one of the reasons I say that. I said, glory, we get up there and starve out. She said, Kenneth, we're starving now. We might as well starve in the will of God is out. I said, okay, let's go. The anointing. The anointing. And the word of the Lord came to me and he said, you're looking at the cream of the crop. What was the problem? Religion and no word. Great big heads. Of course, this is a vision, you understand. Great big heads. Head, religion, highly developed at the expense of the spirit. Now, hearing a lot of preaching and good preaching. I mean, come on, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about crazy people. I'm talking about people that love God with all their hearts. These are Oral Robertson partners. And I have to tell you that Gloria and I fit in, it fit into that category perfectly. We got born again in 1962. Baptized in the Holy Spirit, January 63. Speaking in tongues, talked in tongues a lot. I was a scriptural illiterate. Now I had experienced some outstanding teaching for a few weeks. But that was it. I got into a meeting in Houston, Texas with Hilton Sutton and Charles Rogers. And that Hilton, uh, <laughs> he preached the word of faith. I didn't know that's what it was at the time. But I got, I got a little taste of that and oh, I tell you, I wanted more. But I didn't get any more until I went to ORU and my mother, we came back to preach over a weekend there at our home church, Grace Temple. And of course, when we walked up, we had driven in that evening and when we stand there at Mother's to preach there at Fort William. And so when we walked in the door, of course, Mother grabbed Gloria and out in the back. Now, I don't know where they were headed, but, they, you know, Mother just saw the, the moon and the sun rose and set in Gloria Jean because she got her little boy born again. <laughs> oh, glory to God. I said, Mama, you have any tapes? 
Yeah, and just handed me one of those big reels, you know. Can I take it? I had seen him at a full gospel businessmen's fellowship, but I didn't hear him teach. Kenneth Hagin. Wow, praise God. Paul's revelation on one side, and you can write your own ticket with God on the other. And now I don't care what he preached, somehow or another, he's going to wind up on Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, 25. And the integrity of the written word. I'm still talking about the anointing. The integrity of that written word. And it hit me so hard. I always carried my New Testament in my pocket. Carried it there all the time. You know why? Would you like to know why I carried my New Testament in my pocket? Because that's where I carried my cigarettes all those years. And that's what replaced those cigarettes. Glory to God. <laughs> and I put that New Testament in my pocket and I carried it there. Amen. Until I got a phone I could stick it in my pocket and have the Word of God in it. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. So, I wound up under her coffee table praising God. And that's when I got introduced to the word of faith. Called Glory in there and she listened to it. And I mean, it's middle of the night by now. And we were just astonished. I said, Gloria, we have to have everything this man has. I mean, glory to God. We have to have this. We have to have it. It's, it's, it's vital to our lives because faith and the anointing are the two most vital things under heaven. Glory to God. Now, what makes the anointing so important? That's the supernatural. In the book of Judges, the last judge of Israel was Samson. Now, what continued to happen with Samson? Go back and read it for yourself. He wasn't any stronger than anybody else. I don't think he was a very big man. It would not have been so astonishing if he had been a big man. Well, what did the scriptures say over and over again? And the Spirit of God came on him and he tore that line apart. The Spirit of God came on him. Well, what is that? that the anointing for his calling came on him and that's the power of God on human flesh. Jesus said the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's upon me. The madman of Gadara had, I mean, you know this man's emaciated. He bleeds, he cuts, he doesn't, doesn't sleep. You know he's skin and bones. But what happened? Spirit power came on him from that demon that possessed him and all of that legion of demons that were operating in and around and in and out of him. It's just the opposite, quote, anointing. But it's spirit power on flesh. 
and you couldn't chain him and keep him. Are you listening to me? Now we're talking about the same Holy Spirit that came on Samson. The same Holy Spirit that came on David. Now it doesn't say how old he was. He was, they know he's under 20 when he killed Goliath because if he'd been 20, he'd been in the army. I know in my spirit, I know as well as I know my name, the Lord just dropped it in me one day. That line came up. Now, let me back up a notch. What did Samson say? He said, those uncircumcised who? Huh? Philistines, right? What did David say? That uncircumcised Philistine. So you see, they've got blood on their mind. They've got blood covenant on their mind. And David told King Saul, he said that, that, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this spin on it so it'll impact your thinking. That giant is no different than the lion and the bear. That lion had no covenant. That bear had no covenant. And I don't care how big he is. I'm going to kill him. I'm not going to try to kill him. I'm going to kill him, king. I will take him out. Because I'm very well aware that there's blood between God and me. There's a blood covenant between God and me. And I, and, and I add this to it. He could have said, I'm supposed to be powerful. The Spirit of God is on me. I'm supposed to kill him. I'm supposed to be well. I'm supposed to be healed. I'm supposed to prosper. I'm supposed to lay hands on the sick. And I fully expect that anointing to come on me. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm covenant aware. I'm a covenant man. I'm a covenant woman. Glory to God. I'm supposed to be powerful. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.